0: Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.
1: Hour two of Six Thirty, Chad. Inside sports on the air. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight and the rest of the week. Reed will be back on Monday. Oilers hit the ice at West Edmonton Mall for an open practice from three thirty to five. Autograph session from six to eight. Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports will be down at West Edmonton Mall. Doing the show from 6 until 8. This hour of the show, uh, next half hour, uh, we will, uh, I guess, reintroduce you to Noel Thorpe, former Eskimos special teams coordinator from 08 to 2010, defensive backs coach, also an assistant coach at one time, um, an assistant head coach, that is. He's back as a defensive coordinator and DB's coach, and A.J. Gass is back for his second stint as a special teams coordinator. We had Ryan King... And David Beard on Monday, and Ryan King could not contain his excitement about AJ Gass saying, Last year we just kind of uncorked the bottle and we're just scratching the surface here. So, we'll see what AJ Gass can do in year two.
2: Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, Dave, because you have, you already, Eskimo's guru de jour. Oh, I think. AJ Gass, when he was a player, was a. Special team savant, oh, yeah. was he not? Yeah, he was a good special teams player, yeah. And as a coordinator, I think last year we've seen it, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of in a few instances and that stuff that he can kind of think outside the box with some schemes yep. and that stuff and everything. So, yeah, Eskimo fans, get ready for 2020. I think this coaching staff is fairly solid on yeah. paper, so I think and, so. I mean, it's on paper, but. We'll take a, ooh, you know, I can't wait for an exhibition. Like, is it June yet? Come on. Or May yet now, <laughs> I guess. May
1: 24th, when we're in w- Winnipeg for uh, preseason game number one. Again, again Winnipeg. Again, Winnipeg. Great. <laughs> they like you there. Love Winnipeg. <laughs> I do love Winnipeg. I love everywhere I go, mostly. That's a nice stadium. Is, on
2: TV, it looks good. I could only imagine what it's like in, in person.
1: You know, I have a special – um Love for that stadium because of the 2015 Grey Cup. Obviously, Osmos winning. Uh, Mosaic is hard to ignore. New Mosaic in Regina. Mm. Um, that's just like a this is a, it's a monstros it's a monster of a stadium. Like it's really cool, um, and they've done a good job with it. And you know every stadium in the league now is a pretty good stadium, other than Calgary, McManza. What you
2: know, stadium in the league would you consider the league's
1: Bellagio? The league's Bellagio. Yes. Oh, I probably have to say it's mosaic. Mm. Yeah. Okay. My favorite place to do a game is probably it's a tie between Winnipeg and uh, so at uh, what do they call it? IG Field. Yeah. IG Field in Winnipeg. Yeah. And BC Place Stadium in Vancouver, just because cool. of your broadcast location. Mm. The worst broadcast location, even though I say McMahon Stadium is the worst stadium in the league, and it is the worst broadcast location is in Hamilton. Oh yes. 10-yard line, 7th floor, wicked angle. Oh, that is brutal. Do you guys get nosebleeds when you're up that high, or is it just kind of? Well, <laughs> it's just, uh, you, you need to literally just give yourself a moment just to kind of adjust your eyes, because the players in the beginning look like ants. Right. And then your eyes kind of adjust, and, okay, it's not that bad. So uh-huh. But you... Uh, you know, you work, you work on it. It's okay. It's fine. Hey, uh, Montreal's tough too because we can't see the down and distance marker now. We okay, do have, yeah. we do have an, uh, a website that the league provides, which I will not give the website address to because it's for people that are. Mm-hmm you know, kind of in the business of media and the right. CFL. Um, it's a good website, and uh, we get instant updates pretty much after every play. Excellent. So good that, good. That's good. So I can tell the yard marker <laughs> all the time because that's another wicked angle at uh, Molson Stadium. Best view in the league, though. Best view on the mountain of uh, McGill University. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic, looking down over top Montreal and checking you things betcha. out from there. Uh, I want to talk about some couple traffic uh, notes here, and thank you very much for texting uh, these in at four nine six zero zero six three. You can call and text us. Um, with the same number the fog south of the city towards devon and Kalmar is as heavy as i've ever seen visibility is zero vehicles going 30 to 40 with their hazards and fog lights on tell listeners not to travel south or southwest of the city right now unless it's beyond necessary and uh, also, another text comes in. Can you just mention that with the little visibility? If you're going to drive 40 down the highway, please put your yield lights on. Just witness someone get hit from behind. So that is not good. So take care out there. It's a uh, you know a lot of snow. That snow fell fast, and and the accumulation was was quite something. It it uh, you know it's funny. I woke up at around 5:30 this morning. Then I went back to bed for about an hour. And then when I looked <laughs> out again, the snow had really come down. And then it really came down. And I remember shoveling it uh, um, this morning twice because that's how quickly it came down. It was like, why did I even bother? If I didn't bother, I'd be shoveling till Friday. Um, so it is tough out there. The good news, it's, it's a bit warmer, but the roads from that, tough cold snap we had for a week and a half the roads were still a little tough because we're still trying to thaw out here you had some more snow and we're going to be slicked up mm-hmm. even more so yeah that's not good exactly a little peek behind the curtain for all of our listeners here on inside
2: sports uh during the last news break you and i were talking about our various shoveling stories this morning and that stuff and how you uh, were saying that you had yourself kind of a, a minor workout doing uh yeah. as did i I've you got my workout work in this morning. Get. That was yeah. just just heavy snow just, you know, you know c- it accumulated up and do it. And then I said, I'm listening to my iPod. Yes, I still have a click wheel iPod, everybody. Don't <laughs> judge. You know, I know. You it's do? Like the, yeah, I do. You have the iPod Classic? I have the iPod Classic, yeah. That was the best iPod ever made. When they were discontinuing them, I went to, well, I could say the name of the retail, retailer because they're not in business anymore, a future shop. Right. I loaded up on free of them. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I've killed one already. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the second one, and the third one's just sitting at home in its package right now. So just impressive. You know, impressive. Yes. But uh, this tune kind of popped on, and it's something that's going to be relevant in a couple of weeks' time. And, of course, this is our wrestling reference of the night here. So, And this, of course, it picks up here. One sec. Dave, we are two plus weeks away from the XFL
1: opener.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Just Please, I don't think he'll stand at midfield this time and go, and have the
2: rock duty opening promo for the league and <laughs> oh. I mean, it, might, it might be Andrew Luck and uh,
1: you know, his dad maybe at at center field yes, or something all, like that. Oliver Luck is the commissioner. That's right, you know. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, Vince McMahon has capital, and yeah, I just, you know, here's what I think about the XFL. I said the same thing about the Alliance of American Football. Mm-hmm. I said the same thing about the United Football League. I said the same thing about the Spring League, which still exists. Spring League's more of a developmental league for two weeks, and it's it's not very good. The American football fan has not convinced me that they want anything other than NFL or NCAA. Right. They They haven't convinced me. Now, I think the world changes, and we talked about it with Blake Dermott here a few weeks ago about uh, um, the, uh, the shootout, you know, it's a five round shootout teams at the opponent five you score great you don't you move on uh the no converts uh it's a one point convert from the two it's a two point from the five it's a three point from the ten so you can have a nine possession football game a nine point for a one possession game that's that's amazing so there's some good things about the xfl Mm. but i just don't I just don't believe it's going to last beyond two years. I now, just, I think
2: I, I did see on Twitter here earlier this week that they did do a couple of, not exhibition games, but kind of test games. Yeah, kind of scrimmages. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of controlled sc- scrimmages type things with a couple of teams, I think, in Houston. And yeah. uh, I can't remember the location of the second one. I think San Diego was another one. But, uh, yeah, it was... Awfully weird watching that and then just seeing, you know, full sidelines, guys in full uniform going all out. And then all of a sudden you look in the stands and there might be the guy from the Times newspaper in the stands maybe taking notes, and that's it.
0: Like no
2: (laughs) one in there at all. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, that's true. Um, One thing I will give this league in the second go-around a lot of credit for is that they've made the game safer. Mm-hmm. And it was ridiculous 20 years ago or close to 20 years ago, the extreme measures they went to make it violent. And we didn't know as much as we know now mm. about head injuries, but uh, football has to be, I put safer in air quotes, because I don't know how you can make the game. You safer. weren't a fan
2: for of the uh, opening
1: game scramble instead of the coin toss for possession of yeah, the ball? It was entertaining, but it's dumb. And it also separated quite a bit of sh- shoulders and yes, knees did. and legs. Well, who and- was it? Someone in the very first game of the season separated his shoulder. Yep. I can't remember his name. Of course, the, the, most, famous, the mo- most famous player out of there is Rod Smart. He mm-hmm. hate me, who played for the Carolina Panthers and played one game for the Eskimos. Uh, way back when, and uh, Tommy Maddox was a quarterback, and he played some right. games for the uh, for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he played some playoff games there, too, but, you know, Noel Prefontaine came out of there, uh, Scott Milanovic, the head yes. of the Eskimos, was a quarterback, a number of CFL players.
2: He it's- had a very interesting storyline, too. I yes. think it
1: was the first game
2: that he played in the XFL yes. or had suited up. He was uh, on the bench, and there was a fully-fueled, and you can talk with him later this year about this, uh, there was a fully-fueled charge Chopper waiting at one end of the stadium because uh, I think his wife was due with uh, either their first child or second child. I can't remember what it was. But, uh, yeah, so if his wife went into labor, they were going to radio down to the bench and say, hey, he's got to go, and they were going to take him in
1: full football regalia to the hospital so he could be there. They did some things right. That's pretty cool. And I believe Scott Milanovich told a story uh, before arriving in Edmonton um, last week, that uh, the XFL had these crazy storylines that players should date cheerleaders and have these crazy kind of wrestling type angles mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with a lot of the cheerleaders. And Scott it refused because right he thought it was ridiculous. It's not
2: football at that point. It's no. like some sort of weird sports entertainment hybrid. It's, just, it's like American Gladiators, but worse. So, at that point, yeah,
1: we'll see how it goes. Um, you can text it at six thirty. Or it's, I did it again another tuny in the uh in That's the, the old one. 7804960063 is the number to call or to text. And uh, there is uh we're getting some uh Reports of some just real bad visibility outside of the city. Heavy fog between Westlock and Slave Lake doing between 30 and 60. Thank you very much, Sherry. I don't mind these uh, at all. If yeah, uh, you want to access updates about the road conditions on the highway, please do. Because uh, it was a tough day today. It was a tough day around a lot of Alberta. And, uh, yeah, if uh, you have uh, any updates on visibility and road conditions outside the city, um, please Text in at 780-496-0063. Former D-Man Mark says, uh, not impressed with Ray. Another fan with a short-term memory about Koskinen. Okay. Uh, Ray did admit he was using um, that autocorrect, kind of messed up his text a bit. That's okay. That's okay. We, We got the gist of it. It's okay. So a fan disagreeing with Ray there. Which is which is fine. You can agree, disagree. Doesn't matter. Uh, on Zach Cassian, uh, where was it? Let's see here. Okay, here it is from Murr the Flames guy. I think it's silly for all the references to Zach Cassian being a, being a good player only because of McDavid. Lots of players played with McDavid and couldn't do it. My two cents. That's Murr the Flames guy. Is Zach Cassian a future top six player with the, the Oilers? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, in some ways, I say I hope not. But Zach Cassian has learned how to play with skilled players. He's a fast guy who's got wheels, he's got good hands, he's got good vision for the game, and he's tough, and um, he can play up there. You know, a lot like Pat Maroon proved. He can play with Perry and Getzlaff, and you play with McDavid and Dreisaitl as well. Um, he knows how to play with skilled players, so good on Zach Cassian. Uh Let's see here. I uh, said that earlier that Connor McDavid hasn't been their best player every night, most nights, this tech says, and Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, his December was not good, but uh, he's come back to life here with Kylo Yamamoto and Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl's been pretty good this season. Uh, heavy fog on 50th Street just outside Edmonton on the way to Beaumont. That is from Mark. So we do appreciate that. Scoreboard tonight. There's two games in the NHL. The uh, Jets and Blue Jackets are tied at 3 in the end of the second period. Jets with 54 points, they're 3 points back of the final playoff spot in the West. And the Jackets, they have played pretty well lately. They're 15-2 and 4 in the last 21 games after going 11-14 and 4 in the first 29 games of the season. Their 15-2 and 4 record since December is uh best record in the NHL. So Jackets have been red hot tonight. So that is good for, uh, I think, people in the Western Conference that are watching the Jets and seeing if they can kind of be held back a little bit. But it's 3-3 going into the third period. Red Wings and Wild in Minnesota. Wild lead that game by a score 3-2. 2-1 the Broncos over the Edmonton Oil Kings. uh, Trying to get the goal scorer for the... I've got to navigate this website a little bit uh, little bit here, but it is 2-1. I'll try and get the goal scorer for you uh, a little bit later on. American Hockey League tonight, the uh, Bakersfield Condors are at home to the San Jose Barracuda. That'll start just after 7.30. And in the fourth, with about five minutes left to go in Toronto, the Raptors up by 6, 91-85 over the Philadelphia 76ers. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-south comfort food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classic Spun with a Modern tis, uh, Twist. When we come back, uh, we'll get an update on uh, some Oiler prospects down the pipeline, including the Oilers' first-round pick this year, defenseman out of Sweden by the name of Philip Broberg. That'll be next here on Inside Sports. <laughs> we Thumbs got you up, now we are we have liftoff you text in at uh four nine six zero zero six three area code seven eight zero of course contact was uh lights out at the start of that flames game he certainly did not lose that one for the team it could have been three 0 flames in the first five minutes yeah i think we'll put this to bed and just say uh koskinen has been probably the better golden than mike smith right now smith is on a good roll with five straight wins and uh We'll look to keep that going. Scott Housen is the Oilers Director of Player Development. He was on Oilers Now yesterday with Bob Stauffer. You can hear that, show noon until 2. Uh, Philip Broberg, the first-round pick of the Oilers this year, right now in Sweden. Um, he is uh, right now four assists in 28 games, played at the World Juniors, had one as, uh, one goal in seven games. Scott Housen on whether Broberg will be in... Uh, north america playing next year
0: i think there's a chance we haven't even discussed it with him yet we haven't discussed it internally um i think we want to want to let the season play out see where he is we're really happy with what he's doing uh just the fact that he's playing regularly i mean i mean there's you can there's very few 18 year olds that play in that league and play regularly in that league and uh, i think i am I'm, I'm not I, i'm not even sure if oscar played regularly in that league he's an 18 year old you might know um it, it's a tough league and, and we're just happy he's playing and then we'll we'll sit down with him see what he wants to do i think i think he really wanted to stay over this year he had the option to go to hamilton and uh he, i think he was just comfortable staying in and i'm of the opinion with europeans if they aren't ready to come Mm-hmm. We should just keep him over there. And, and I, I don't know where his mindset's going to be. And where we, and we're and we going to have a, a, a say in it as well uh, And when we talk to him and uh,
1: and his agent. So we'll hear a little bit more from Scott Housen after the news break. I uh, hear about uh, Raphael Lavoie, who was the Oilers' second-round pick, 38th overall. A lot of people uh, were uh, pretty um, uh, pretty impressed by this pick. Uh, Raphael Lavoie is six four, one ninety-eight. 198. Uh, played for the Halifax Mooseheads to start of the season, 18 goals, 26 assists, 44 games in 30 games. Was traded to the Shakhty Sagonyes, and in uh, five games, he has nine points already, including four goals. Played at the World Junior Championships over in the Czech Republic, seven games, two assists. And we'll hear about Olivier Rodrigue, who has had uh, a bit of a dip this season. Of course, he went to the uh, Juniors, World Juniors as well. He was the third goaltender. Didn't play, but uh, was on the team. After the news break, we'll talk about uh, Eli Manning. He is going to announce his retirement on Friday. Is he Hall of Fame worthy? And we'll hear from uh, two assistant coaches from the Edmonton Eskimos, defensive coordinator Noel Thorpe and A.J. Gass, who is the special teams coordinator. It's a uh, snowy, slippery evening here in Edmonton. If uh, you have any update on road conditions, you can Text those in at 780 Back with the final half hour of the Wednesday evening edition of Inside Sports. It's Campbell in for Wilkins. It is Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins tonight. Tomorrow and Friday, Reid will be back next Monday. Inside Sports Live from West Edmonton Mall. Side of the Oilers open practice from three thirty to five, and the autograph session from six until eight. Uh, third period just about to get underway in Columbus as the Jets and Jackets are tied at three. The Wild up four two on the Red Wings, and that is midway through the second period of play in Minnesota. WHL action tonight in Swift Current. The uh, Broncos and Oil Kings are tied at 2-2. Riley Sawchuk is 20th of the season for the Oil Kings. And Carter Souch ties the game up with his 14th of the season. Oil Kings, by the way, are ranked 5th in the Canadian Hockey League weekly ranking. So that is uh, a good season for the Oil Kings for sure. And uh, in the NBA tonight, looks like the Raptors are going to win their 5th in a row. 103-92 lead with... uh, about 30 seconds left in that game. You can uh, text in 780-496-0063. You got a uh, weather report or a road report. Uh, definitely we'll take that as well. Uh, we talked about Raphael Lavoie before the uh, news break. And Scott House and the Director of Player Development telling Bob Stoffer uh, on 630 Ched Oilers Now yesterday about uh, Lavoie's development. The second pick uh, by the Oilers in last year's draft. 38th overall. And he is a scorer.
0: Yeah, I've seen him play probably four or five times. Uh, went to the World Junior Selection Camp, saw both, both uh, exhibition games there against the university team. Um, yeah, he's put himself in this position. I think, I think he's got to move on now. I'm, I'm really excited he's been traded to Chikouda I thought that Halifax would probably move their better players, and they ended up moving him and McIsaac and, uh, and Benoit Olivier Gruel, a second-round pick of Anaheim which was probably the right thing to do for them uh, after going for it last year. He's in Chikudame now. I haven't seen him play in Chikudami. I talked to him yesterday. Uh, he's, he's happy. He's not playing as much as he did in Halifax. Halifax, he would play all the time and, 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 and sort of rest on the ice sometimes, which we have to get him out of. So uh, I think this is going to be good for him. He's going to have another, probably another strong playoff, a uh, long playoff run here. The Chikudame's either, I think, first or second in the league. And he's a big guy. He's a strong guy. I liked what he did in the World Juniors. He was nip and tuck to make the team. He made the team. He worked his way into Dale Hunter's good books and was on the power play and playing regularly at the end. So uh, I'm, I, I think I'm pretty bullish on Raphael. I think he's got a chance. He's going to have to get stronger, become a better skater. And, uh, and, and and like all players, the junior habits, some of the junior habits are going to have to go. but um i think he's got a really strong future he's he's big and strong and he's got a great shot he's a one-shot scorer um and uh and and you know those those guys are really valuable he doesn't need a lot of chances to score he can bury it
1: olivier rodrigue playing for the moncton wildcats this season was the second uh, round pick 62nd overall by the oilers in the 2018 draft uh, so far this season, 18-6 and six with a 9.05 save percentage and a 2.77 goals against average. Has he taken a bit of a dip? Here's what Scott Housen has to say.
0: Yeah, I would say it's been it's been a little bit flat. Um, uh, I don't get too caught up in the numbers in the, in the Quebec League. I think anything over 900 in the Quebec League is decent. Hopefully, you know, you'd like him. To, we talked before, and I always try and tell our prospects, let's not focus on numbers. But we did talk a little bit about numbers with Olivier. And, and we thought 9-10 would be realistic this year. So he's off that right now. Um, I know he was disappointed about the, the World Juniors, but he, he went and he was a good teammate and he won a gold medal with the team. And, and that, that's something that, uh, that he should be proud of, about how he was and how he practiced and how he was around the team. And now he's with Moncton. And, uh, Mon- Whoops.
1: Anyway, so he's with Moncton taking a bit of a dip and uh but still hanging in there as scott housen said over 900 safe percentage in the quebec league um i think you will take that so that's scott Hausen, the director of player development uh he was on Oilers now with bob stoffer yesterday uh, you can hear uh, that fine program from noon until two on 6 30 chad uh, road from uh road before spruce grove to stony plain pretty foggy it's about 10 car lengths vision some areas are much worse please drive safe and kellen you were saying uh from Mosca chiefs yeah. to Laduke, it's pretty much
2: yeah i heard from a uh, caller by the name of ed who called in and said that he had drove uh northbound on the qe2 and he said pretty much everywhere from moscow cheese all way to uh basically to the leduc limit it's pea soup out there so folks Uh, be careful if you do have to go out there and if it's kind of a "Eh, maybe maybe not type thing uh, just sit in sit inside you can sit with us for the next 20 minutes and then uh, Charles Adler hits the airwaves at eight o'clock and you can sit with him for three
1: hours yes we're happy to have you along so take take care of people. And yes, keep uh, texting in at uh, 780-496-0063. Any uh, road condition uh, or weather update. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by the Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Last week the Eskimos introduced uh, most of their coaching staff filled out uh, yesterday. We heard from Terry Eisler, uh, ba- running backs coach. Uh, no Thorpe returns to the full. Uh, from 2008 to 2010, held the position of special teams coordinator, defensive backs coach, and assistant head coach. He's back as the defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach. And uh, Morley Scott, your play-by-play
3: voice of your Edmonton Eskimos, had a chance to catch up with Thorpe. been a long time, probably about 10 years since yeah. you've been wearing green and gold. What's That's it right. feel to put well, that back on you? Oh, it
4: feels great. Right. I'll right. tell you what, um, the opportunity to come back here, um, work with Scott, um, Brock again, uh, a lot of familiarity within the, the organization, seeing some people that uh, you know in the past. It was, it was they welcomed me with open arms, and um, so I'm just really excited about the future.
3: It's a small league, so there's a lot of crossover. You know, you in Montreal, you worked with both Scott and Brock, right?
4: That's correct. Yep, we were in Montreal, but uh, Brock was there. Scott was 2007, and Brock was there for a little bit longer than that. I think for 2004 to 2007. So, yeah, we've uh, we've got familiarity with uh, each other, and um, and that's important, you know. Philosophically, we know how we're aligned. Um, you need to have that. This 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 league, like you said, is is small, and, and you're going to cross paths uh, once in a while. And uh, the opportunity to work with these guys again is uh, was tremendous. All
3: right, tell me about uh, Noel Thorpe defense and and what people can expect when they watch this team this year. Well,
4: you know, our, our identity in the past has been based on pressure and, um, and getting after the quarterback, and you need to do that. That's the number one guy back there, and you got to be able to affect him and affect protections. But I mean, you got to be sound in everything you do. You got to be able to cover. The, the quarterbacks are so good in this league, and they can hit some tight window throws. So we gotta have we gotta have some balance between putting pressure on the quarterback and uh, and be able to cover guys up. Now, having said that, we've got to be disruptive, and we've got to create some turnovers. And that's we've been about pressure and creating turnovers. Teams that win the turnover margin, the ones that are having success. So that's that's we gotta be relentless and in, in pursuing the football. And those are those are really the pillars that that we look for.
3: Uh, things will obviously change over. Free agency, with some guys leaving, some guys coming, but it seems you have a pretty good base for that style of game. Yeah,
4: I think the core here, there's some talent. There's no question, talent on the defensive side of the ball, across the board, offense and special teams as well. But um, you know, up front, I think that this this D line has been a formidable D line. Um, you know, we look at the back end and some pieces there that, that have done very well, and and um, I'm really excited about what's what's in house right now. So obviously, we're heading out to you know coming soon to free agency, and I'm we're really just in the evaluation stages and this is the first time we as a staff have been able to get together so you know we're gonna go and watch the film and and look at our our guys in-house and and um, look at the guys across the league as well and um, yeah but as you said this is is a great starting point
3: you're known a little bit of an innovator and different kind of uh, schemes and different way you line up and everything Mm -hmm. where did that come from in your game Mm
4: Oh well, I'll tell you what I worked with what I thought was the best Don Matthews. You know, he's a big-time mentor of mine. It was a defense coordinator here and a head coach here, and um, you know, you just you try and see the game through a different lens. Um, I was fortunate with him. He taught me, you know, he passed on a lot of his knowledge, and and that's carried over and it's trickled down through s- several coaches throughout the league. Um, he wore three hats, you know, and that's he, he was he was a defensive coordinator by trait, but then he would uh, tell you what he his aptitude and depth of knowledge on the offense side of the ball. So when we were drawing up plays on defense, he was trying to defeat them on offense and running down to the coordinator's office telling him, well, this is how we can defend or defeat this play. And and, and on special teams as well, obviously. So, you know, I've had my background is on defense and special teams. And, you know, you, I think in this league, you've got to stay ahead of the curve. We're a small nine-team league. Um, It can be a copycat league at times. What's working for some teams, you might probably going to see that the next week. And and that that goes hand-in-hand on offense. So, you know, you've got to be able to have flexibility and variability within uh, your offense and defensive structure. And you've got to have flexibility on their roster. We have small roster sizes. we got to be able to put guys in positions to have success. And um, we've got to build depth within our roster as well. It seems you've got to figure out a way to surprise guys sometimes. Absolutely. You have to. You, you can't be predictable in this league. They'll chew you up if you're predictable. There's no question. These guys are too good. These quarterbacks are too good. Um, you know, guys up front, the offensive line, you get Too predictable with your blitz pass and um, you know your tendencies. So you've always you know self scouting for us is a big time. We've got to make sure we go in with a a solid game plan each week. Every you know the offenses we're facing are going to be a little bit different. The personnel is going to be a little bit different. But as I said, we got to stay ahead of the curve.
3: System different, language different uh, for the players. The coach is different for the coach. The players different. How do you get that all together? What what do you do between now and training camp to kind of talk to the guys and get the playbook ready? Well, you
4: got to again. You got to start with sounds. Foundation that's what you have to have and then, then you build your structure on top of that um, We're going to look at the guys that, that we've got on our roster and look at what they do Well and try and adapt what we do defensively to fit with their skill sets And that's the most important thing, you know, never go in with a, br- a blank from this is what we have to do and uh, Fit a square peg in a round hole. We're not going to do that now We're gonna have a base and a foundation that we live by and um, What I could you know color you know meat and our potatoes Um Um, but we're gonna adapt and build flexibility and variability within that so
1: there's Noel Thorpe the defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach and I think what you saw last season from Philip Lawley is what you're gonna see from Noel Thorpe as well I hope better play from the from the uh, secondary a healthy secondary would help and obviously a better emphasis on run defense not that Philip Wally didn't emphasize it but Um, I think that's what he gave up in his defense at times was a lot of rush yards. And some games it hurt him and some games it didn't. But uh, Noel Thorpe is a very accomplished defensive coordinator in this league. AJ Gass, he's kind of a star on the rise as far as a special teams coordinator. We'll hear from him when we come back to wrap up Inside Sports. The final few moments of this Wednesday evening edition of 630 Chet Inside Sports. So AJ Gas is back. And when you have a coaching change like the Eskimos went through with Jason Wasby being let go after four seasons, um, you wonder how much retention there will be from the current or the previous staff. Well, three members of that staff are back. And Demetrius Maxey, the D-line coach, uh, Derek Oswald, who is the defensive assistant, and AJ Gas back as special teams coordinator, and he said uh, the uncertainty was kind of hard to take at some at some points.
5: No, it's it's uncomfortable to say the least. Uh, but when you when you're in this profession, you know the deal. You know nothing's guaranteed. Um, everything is based on performance. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily for uh, for me personally, our, our special teams unit did take a step forward last year. Um, um, we, we haven't attained all the goals we wanted to attain. There's a lot left out there on the field that we got to go out and clean up. But um, having some familiarity with the group and them having familiarity with me is is a big deal. And I, and I think that's going to give us the boost we need to, to move forward.
1: Well, we saw a couple of your players crash the party here. Uh, in Natea J and, uh, and Blair Smith, and yep. especially Blair, he's real uh, key on special teams, and Natea is. I mean, just to have that familiarity for them. Um, um, how important is that, do you think, for you, that you're going to come back, it's the same voice, and you're familiar with uh, a lot of players?
5: Uh, I think it's huge, and I, and I think it's, it's the, the one ingredient that is going to give us that edge, you know, moving forward. There has been a lot of change in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the West here, it's, uh, it's always a dogfight. So the more you can take steps forward and not have to repave Uh, a path that was crumbled because of a new staff, you know, the better off you're going to be. And and I think that uh, leaders like these guys here in town that stick around to to train and to be involved, um, those are the guys you win with and those are the guys you want to build a solid foundation for. And I think we started that last year.
1: What really stands out with Scott Milanovic?
5: Uh, he's, he's no nonsense. He's straightforward. Um, he, he commands respect. And I think that's going to go a long way uh, in in getting our guys to, to all pull in one direction, to get our guys knowing that, yeah, there's change, but the consistency is we're going to do everything we can to be great. And uh, that's
1: the message moving forward. And there's still a lot of green and gold flavor in this coaching staff with yourself and No Thorpe and Winston mm-hmm. October and even Derek Oswald, who was here last year. Right. Um, can that be a benefit? hopefully for Scott as well not that you're going to lead him around and go okay Scott we do things like this here but can that be a benefit that you know there are people around him that understand the organization and then you know and and the city and 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 so many of the the nuances and intricacies
5: no absolutely and I think that uh, you know it's not like we have a a, a rookie coach coming in here he's been around he's played a long time he played in lots of leagues he's coached in lots of leagues so um, he knows how important it is to have guys that are familiar with the situation you're walking into. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he's not afraid to ask. He's not afraid to, to take advice or to, to just uh, reach out and, and wonder, you know, and, and get all of his questions answered in order to put the best product on the field we can.
1: Now the fun stuff begins, the planning, the, the signings, meshing everything together, mm-hmm. game plans, training camp rosters time to go here and it will warm up by the way
5: no i hope so holy (laughs) cow i think the uh the only benefit is all the work we do is indoors so (laughs) other than that you know it would be a nightmare but yeah the work is really going to take off right now um we we had a break and and now it's time to you know put your blinders on focus on football and and put together a winning product
1: good to see you back aj thanks aj gas special teams coordinator back in the fold of the green and gold and uh Last week it was freezing cold. This week it's uh, much warmer, dump of snow, big dump of snow today. Uh, Ryan texts in at 780-496-0063. says, heavy fog patches between Edmonton and, and the airport on the QE2. Visibility down as low as 50, uh, 50 metres. Wow. That's, uh, that's not good. So uh, take care out there. All right. <sighs> Pains me to play this. Uh-oh. But uh, Eli Manning is retiring. New York Giants quarterback, 39 years of age. Mm. Two Super Bowl wins against my Patriots and whatever. This is the most famous play of Eli Manning's career. I'm going to play it because it's relevant, okay? I'm not happy about it. Here it is. See, so yeah, I don't even want to play it. Didn't not fire. <laughs> I like
2: it because it's historically significant.
3: Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyrone. Oh, my God! This ball is thrown, and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison
2: trying to knock it down. All-time highlight reel. I don't know
3: how he got out of there. I thought he was on the ground, and and then he came out of the pile and just slings it. Manning lobs it. Boras alone. Touchdown, New York. 17-14 Giants. So
1: David Tyree with the amazing circus catch where he kept the ball alive with his helmet. Kind of thought Eli Manning was forward progress was stopped. Anyway, a guy who cheers for a team with six Super Bowls probably shouldn't whine, but they could have had nine. When you have one, you want two. When you want have two, you want three. Wanted nine people, only six. That's pretty good. Well, we should have had two, but I'm a Seahawks fan, so there we go. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and then uh, later on in that drive, uh, Plaxico Burris catches a touchdown pass from Eli Manning. So, is Eli Manning, and this is something I'm going to explore. Uh, we got Kenny Stafford coming down tomorrow, former Eskimo receiver, uh, most recently the Saskatchewan Roughriders mm-hmm. CFL free agent. We'll bring this up uh, to him as well. And uh, something I want to try and pursue for Friday as well uh, on the show. Eli Manning, is he a, is he a surefire Hall of Famer? He's seventh all time in passing yards, 57,023. Seventh all time in touchdowns, with 366. 244 interceptions, two Super Bowl titles, two Super Bowl MVPs. But his regular season record is 117 and 117. Right at 500. Wow. That's what he ended up with, eh? He was Hmm. an amazing quarterback in two playoffs. years yes against the Patriots um, ending up with two Super Bowl wins against the Patriots but to say right now he's a surefire Hall of Famer is debatable in my books longevity and Super Bowl rings doesn't necessarily mean you're a Hall of Famer and I I'm struggling with this big time I am struggling with this big time Um, I don't get a vote obviously Thank goodness. But this will be interesting. Because Eli Manning was pretty good. and At one point, he had one more Super Bowl ring than his brother Peyton, who had retired four years ago with a Super Bowl ring. Mm-hmm. And I think Peyton Manning is probably going to be influential in this decision too. He's going to want his brother to join him in the Hall of Fame. But it's it's a debate. It's a really legit debate whether Eli Manning, who... Is a good quarterback. But right now, like today he decides that he's going to call it quits. It's going to be official on Friday. The Giants confirmed it today. But Eli Manning couldn't start for 32 of the teams next season. He couldn't. And he didn't want to be a backup anymore. So mm-hmm. the writing on the wall. Daniel Jones is the future in New York with the Giants. So I don't want to discredit what Eli Eli Manning has done because two two Super Bowl titles and two Super Bowl MVPs, that's impressive. But everything else is pretty meh. It's like Melbatos to me. Melbatos is boring. All right. Yes, this text comes in, arguably the biggest play in Super Bowl history. Meh. It's up there. It's up there. Philly special's up there, too. Oh, yeah, big time. And I'm sorry, I'm going to muscle my Patriot, Patriots allegiance. That th-
2: comeback against Atlanta was
1: yeah. pretty awesome. <laughs> but the the catch that Rob Gronkowski made late in the game um, to set up the touchdown against the Rams, touch throw from Tom Brady, mm. great catch by Rob Gronkowski, who may still come back out of retirement. I'm still convinced of that. Maybe he needed to a- be forewarned
2: about that just from a Seahawks fan standpoint. All right. You don't want retired players coming back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Quick look at the scoreboard. Jets, Blue Jackets tied at three. Wild 4-2 lead on the Red Wings. WHL Acton 3-2 Oil Kings. Matthew Robertson just scores his 10th goal of the season. They're in the third period of play. Raptors win their fifth straight tonight. Back with more inside sports tomorrow. Kenny Stafford in. We'll talk Oil Kings. We'll talk NHL. We'll talk lots of stuff. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy. I'm Dave Campbell. Good night, everyone. Take care on those roads, okay?